Welcome to Spinner Rack. This is the Patreon-exclusive comic book show for Secret Friends Unite. This episode, unfortunately, Charlie is lost at sea. I think he might be in Atlantis. He might be uh, hanging out with Namor. Who knows? But he's not here. He's actually on a Star Trek cruise, enjoying time. So I brought in some pros to talk about a very special comic book this week. So we'll start off with John Bernardo, who was just on Secret Friends Unite yesterday. And you'll be listening to that uh, before you listen to this. So, uh, John, you're a big comics fan. You have comics on the pot. I'm trying to remember your all your details. So, um, But why don't you tell people where you're from? Yeah, I'm from a show called Comics on the Spot, where we take a random prompt uh, every episode and we make a comic out of it. I work with two very talented writers and artists, uh, Darren Vogt and Sam Owen. Um, and basically, yeah, we come up with this prompt, we kind of build a story, and then they go off and create a comic, uh, like a short comic that we can read for free on comicsonthepod.com. And then we bring in guest writers and guest artists and, and all that kind of fun stuff to kind of do some of the legwork as well. Um, related to this episode, actually, the, one of the, we had a bonus episode last season where we had Kevin Eastman on, and we came up with an alternate design of like we use the same concept of the turtles so like teenage mutant ninja turtles take those kind of four adjectives uh and then the last one being an animal and then we made something else out of that uh so and then we made our own characters and then uh, our own darren vote went ahead and designed what those characters would look like that is awesome Oh, I love that. I love that concept. On Secret Friends Unite, we do a, uh, we typically do a couple of different things, but we've started doing these, like we tell a tale, and we call it pitch meeting, where uh, you are given a character name, a setting, an uh, arch nemesis, and there's one other point. I, you basically randomly pick like certain numbers. I assign you like those four things, and then you have to give me your story. Then you also potentially have to give me actors, and you have to give me a director. It's one of my favorite things we do. It's oh so much God. fun. And we've done with video games, too, which is fun, too. So it's, awesome. it's very fun. So that would be fun to have you on to do that. Um, but we're also blessed. And if you're watching this right now, you see this wonderful face with a Toronto Blue Jays uh, hat. And that is Mr. Sean Capri from Carpool Gaming. Sean, how are you? Todd, well, I'm great, except that I'm, I'm mad at you in this moment because I kind of wish you let me go first. How am I supposed to follow up that? Like, I haven't <laughs> talked to the creator of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and we got no, what's, like, whose line is it anyways improv going on over here? Like, this is insane, man. You guys are well, you've you done so way many better cool things, stuff. man. You've done so many cool things. Come on, I, I see what you do in online, man. You're, you're great. Come on. Don't, don't, don't. Sean, you recorded a, you record a, a, a well, sometimes you record a, car, a podcast in a car. So I've never done that before. Yeah, that's true. But I'm glad to be here. I have no idea what I'm talking about, but I, all I know is that I, I picked up this this comic book, um, one or two issues at a time, then it came out in hardcover. I'm happy to chat about it with you guys, but I feel a little out of my league. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I hope, I'm glad to be chatting about this comic book, but I don't. I do video games. I, I don't read books. Like, what is there's There's letters <laughs> and words, words in this. And... This is it's too much, man. But you play a lot of Nintendo cool. games, Sean. You're reading a lot of dialogue. That's true. They don't read it for yeah. you. <laughs> I like Zelda. That's very true. <laughs> exactly. True. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, um, yes. And before we get into the, the why we're here, I just want to say thank you to our patrons because this show is for you. I uh, want to say uh, welcome to our newest uh, patron. That is Francie. She's in the friend zone. So welcome, Francie. Appreciate you. We don't know who you are, Francie. We're still waiting for more details. You're very mysterious. Uh, and then our best buds, 
Jamie Prinky. Thank you very much, Jamie. And our BFFs, Sean, Stella, and Henry Nias, and Missy Merchant. So thank you for supporting the show. You get awesome com- content like this, and we hope you enjoy it. But now the main event of this spinner rack is all about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Last Ronin. This book came out on July 5th, 2022. It's a six-part series. Uh, It's available in hardcover, trade paperback, or in digital formats. I think it even dropped on Comixology now. So if you want to check this out, definitely do. If you don't want to get spoiled, read the book, then come back and enjoy the ride. Um, Or just if if you're curious about Turtles, what they're doing in a comic book these days, like a lot of us, you know, we haven't been keeping up with the Turtles because they've got over 30 years of content. And, you know, whether being radical dudes eating pizza, they're in foam suits, they're CGI characters, they have 85 billion uh, cartoon versions. Even in my back of the woods, we have the Ball of America, which has Nick Universe amusement park and there's a turtles ride there which is very cool um so yeah so this is gonna be an interesting check-in on the turtles uh but before we talk about this book i want each of you to tell me what is your relationships with the turtles because we're all different kind of age groups and depending on what happens you're at the beginning of it the middle of it or you're more into it in the recent reincarnations of it so we'll start with john uh john uh, I know you said once I mentioned this book, you came and set up the signal you wanted to be on. So uh, tell me what your fascination is the turtles with, because if people are watching the video right now, they may see something in your background, which may tell the tale. I've never heard of these turtles that people are talking about. Never heard of them in my life. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know what about. Um, yeah. So my history with the turtles is started with the animated show. I'm an 87 kid. So just right at the perfect time of when the show was really there. Uh, just a little bit after the comics. I wasn't reading comics at that age. Uh, but the, the cartoon show is what did it for me. Uh, and then it just kind of blossomed from there. I, I remember, and we, we all kind of, we know what it's like to be from that area, that generation. We didn't know what was coming out. You know, you, you miss a commercial, you don't know what's happening, right? So I didn't know there was a movie. So I didn't go to the theater to see the movie. One day, my uncle surprised me with uh, a VHS tape live action turtles i couldn't believe it and i played that tape so many times that i had to get three extra copies like and they kept breaking because i kept watching them that much um so it ever since that day turtles have been cemented in my life um i'm very grateful that 30 years 30 plus years later that they're still relevant uh, and they keep reinventing themselves and keep doing new things a lot of people aren't happy with a lot of the iterations that happen. And, and to me, I say that don't consume it. There's plenty for everybody. And, you know, we have the comics for the, the grownups and we got the, the cartoons for the younger generation. And we can enjoy everything all together. Um, but, yeah, th- that's that's where it started for me. And I, I can't tell you what exactly at this point why I love them so much. It's, it's just ingrained in my my life it's ingrained in my dna that i it's a part of me i can no i can't ever get rid of it um and picking a favorite turtle has always been the hardest thing because i find in myself a little bit of each person uh, you know i love to be silly like michelangelo i also am very hot tempered like Raphael. uh when the time is right i like to lead like donatello and i'm a big ass nerd like uh, donatello sorry i said donatello leonardo lead and then donatello when i'm feeling like a, just a really geeky person so i, I find the best of uh, of every turtle uh and and i really do like how 
every version always comes to the same thing where it always nails their personalities and it always nails uh, the brotherhood uh, uh, that they have together. Very, very cool. Very excellent. Uh, Sean, how do you love being a turtle? I love, man, I love being a turtle. Um, it's so funny. You're talking about like the different ages here. I guess I'm middle age. <laughs> Todd, is that what that means? A little, just well, a you know, I am, I am older. Uh, you're, than you're you, the and, yes, you're the, and I'm not sure where John sits in this. Yeah, I'm not sure where John sits in this uh, age group. You're a splinter. I am. Yes. Oh man, the blue flame and the crying around the campfire. Oh my goodness gracious. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think John and I are like maybe that perfect age. Um, I was born in '84, so very similarly, sort of like born into the world where you only know Ninja Turtles, and you don't mm-hmm. even realize, especially back then, that this is taking over planet Earth. That like it's not just you who likes it; it's your neighbor and their friends and their friends and so on and so forth. It's just like this this phenomenon. And I have a couple like very specific memories with the turtles. Um, one it, when I was in kindergarten, uh, there was a like dad comes around and, and you build a kite together and you can kind of design on. They give you this this sheet of plastic. You can draw whatever you want on it. And and when it came my turn to to decide what we we're going to draw on it, they're like, "Let me guess." And I said, yeah, Ninja Turtles. And they're like, yeah, you and everyone else. And that was my first, like the teacher said, yeah, everybody's doing turtles these days. And that was my first little glimpse into like how popular it was. Like I kind of had this weird realization and connection that this wasn't just me. It was, it was a huge phenomenon. And it was, again, perfect timing because the NES game was there and it was impossible, but who cares? Um, the toys were probably the first thing that we were like going around to collect we were doing hockey cards a little bit um of course overpower some of the other cards that i had but it was the it was those uh action figures man that we didn't take good enough care of at all and it was april o'neill back then i remember being incredibly difficult to to find so between the the cartoon the nes the arcade turtles in time you end up getting for super like we were eaten well back then and your point john about I lo- you touched on so many things like um i think the reason it connects so well is exactly what you what you touched on there's four distinct personalities that especially at that time were so 90s they're so like extreme in that yeah. in those cases but identifiable you could pick your own everybody had their favorite whether it's the color or their their personality um i think that was definitely part of it and this is how old I am, Todd. You can maybe um, resonate with this a little bit. Uh, where I learned of the, the movies from the newspaper. I saw the articles <laughs> in the newspaper. And, yeah. and my it's friends right. were, like were chopping it up. Yeah, dude, like the, we, were, we were cutting out the pages and bringing it to school and going like, this is real. Uh, one of my favorite movie posters of all time is that four turtles coming up out of the, out of the manhole in New York City. This ain't no cartoon. Dude, like... They crushed it. It was so perfect. It's so, so good. Oh, and you got the Super Mario 3 there too. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Turtles 1 and 2, Secret of the Ooze, of course. Um, I completely fell off with 3 as anybody, any any true Turtles fan mm-hmm. should. That is yeah. absolute trash. And then, yeah, kind of kind of fell off from there. Uh, kind of coming back into it here. I recently discovered that my dad had four, I don't even know what the, exactly they are, but they're from the original run of the comics. They're like some sort of um some sort of, i'll grab them in a second well, i don't want to be rude and just kind of like leave right now but we've got i've got like four books from like the, from 87 um like wow. the actual issues 
I don't think they're individual. They're not individual issues. I'll, I'll, I'll bring, maybe we'll chat about it afterwards, but I, I need to know what, what I'm holding on to here. Cause they're old. You might be holding like, on to something good. Maybe. Yeah, 87. It, yeah. That's probably the original. Is it Mirage was the original publisher? Mirage. Yeah. 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 That's what it is. Yeah. So, yep. I mean, yeah, we'll say, I've got some stuff with like no, no differentiation between their, um, their bandanas and whatnot. So oh, yeah, I mean, this yeah. is very meaningful and this was, it's been, you know, decades since I've touched anything with regards to the turtle. So it was cool to come back with this. Cause it's very much like a, almost like God of war and PlayStation. Like, this grew up with me like the last i touched on was like pizza and hey cowabunga dude and blah blah blah. and then this is like very this is very serious like this isn't very fun you know this this read that we've got here there's no party yeah no 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 party party dudes dudes. yeah yeah no no skateboarding and and being crazy and the only reason you use your weapons is to shoot down chandeliers to fall on the bad guys so that's typically what you did yeah nobody actually you you didn't use your sword to actually slice anything except your pizza um very shortly i was this is how old i am uh i was in high school when the comic book came out uh no actually in uh i was in junior high when the comic came out and in high school that's when the craze happened the cartoon chef boyardee uh cereal the movie i remember going on a date with the first girl i went on a date with we went on uh, to see teenage mutant ninja turtles with her sister and it was a a big thing and i'm like well this is kind of cool we're all having a good time and the movie wasn't horrible and it should have been yeah it should have not been good um i mean those suits and everything but they got some talented people they took it seriously it was amazing um yeah and then video games and everything else they touched was amazing and it is a it's just like john you and i were talking about uh, like power rangers tv sure is very similar time frames a little bit but also Every generation, it seems like, gets into the Turtles phase. And they just do. And if you've got young kids, you can show them Turtles and they'll be in. And if there's the series you don't like now, there'll be a series you like later. And uh, we're getting a Seth Rogen film, which is just crazy. There's a Nickelodeon series every two or three years. And my son was big into the the CGI animated one that he loved so dearly. Um, but yeah, I, and, and it's just, it's come with me all the days. I love the video games. And the Turtles are great. Um, and... Uh, once again, I talked about if you want to learn a little bit of history of the turtles, there's a couple documentaries, but my favorite is the um, the toys that made us uh, by Netflix. They did a great turtles episode. So it's a lot of always drama, of those because like the creators, everything's yeah. happy and then they fall apart. But I'm glad in this book we're reading today, the creators kind of came together, which is very nice. So that leads us into the actual reason why we're here. And that is TMNT, the last Ronan. Uh, this is Kevin Eastman, Pierre Laird, are joined by, I have to make my screen a little bit bigger, Tom Waltz. Uh, he was actually the writer who's done the last 100 issues of the IWD series, IDW series. Um, and then uh, artists Esau and Isaac Akorza did the art, and Ben Bishop as well. And there's a very good intro by Robert Rodriguez. So that's really neat that, you know, they got a famous film director to do the intro. And that's why, you know, how how much these turtles have touched people and this is really uh the equivalent i would say this is essentially old man logan this is uh basically uh the unforgiven this is a story in the far future about uh heroes that have fallen on hard times and this is all about a redemption tale and this is the turtles chance to do this and kind of like the dark knight uh and i love this trope and it can be used almost by everybody, but not always well. And so we got this book. It's a six-issue series. And essentially, um, this story has a lot of twists and turns, which I really appreciated. It's, a, it's, it's really about the story of one turtle surviving 
to exact revenge on his family he's lost. I don't want to go into too much spoilers, but we definitely can because we give spoiler warnings. So with that, um, I want to get impressions. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to have to get impressions. So with that, um, I am not up to speed on the comic and if this is part of the continuity and it's led to that. Um, so I don't know, but um, as a standalone story, I think anyone could approach this book with a little bit of knowledge about the turtles. I don't think it required a lot. Now there were some of the villains where it's like, okay, yeah, that's that guy. He's not the guy from the comic or the, the cartoon who's goofy and who has, you know, buzzing wings like Baxter Stockman that I remember him as. Um, and there is no uh, shredder, but there are um, it's the next generation of shredder, I guess, or the, generation after that yeah, yeah, the grandson. yeah well yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, we get there yeah um so with that um uh let's let's go into um what made this book um worth it to you or not worth it to you um so we'll start with you sean yeah, I think it was a little bit of the the mystique around it. You, you mentioned there's there's twists and turns around, and the first one is in at the end of the first book when you're when you realize and you're kind of guessing throughout every page. You're like, who is this? Like, you could, I don't know if you guys had a thought on this, but like it seemed mm-hmm. like it was almost too obvious to be Raph. You know, yeah. just like this brooding, just angry, blah blah blah, and and it just they kind of flipped it on its head to give you kind of the 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 biggest impact, I guess that they, this could have been any of the turtles. Um, but just going from party dude, Mike to this version of Michelangelo, I thought was, Oh man, like this is, it set the stage for what the rest of the story was going to be. It was that this, like nothing is good. It just seemed like really a fallen on, on really tough times. But that was one of the first things that I, uh, that caught my, my eye about it. Cause I'm not. I'm not in the comic circle, but I, I. I can't remember. I wish I could give credit to who it was, but somebody pointed me in this direction and went like, "There's a turtle, and everybody else is dead, and you're not going to believe who it is." And that was it. That was the elevator pitch that got me into this thing. I'm like, "Okay, I've got to check this thing out." And I did the thing I've done far too often with comics, where I, I bought like two issues and then found out that there was a collected edition coming out later. I'm like, "Oh man, I just wasted my money on those other two. I'll just set, end up getting this thing." Um, but yeah, it was the the, the art style. It was uh, a little bit of familiarity with turtles from back in the day, and a, and a yearning and want to get into comics more these days. That really had me just like this was a pretty pretty easy decision to get this this um, this book, especially because it was like forty dollars Canadian. Like I feel like this that's a that's wrong. They should be they should be charging double this. It's I such mean, just what you pay for your issues almost paid for the whole trade. I don't tell right, me yeah. to do. I I don't. I'm trying to like. <laughs> Just write it off as a learning expense and getting into all this stuff. I always yep. wait for the trades, but for this one, I could not wait. Mm. And I remember getting the very first issue, the very first print, because it sold out really fast. And I'm not a, a, a you know a single issue guy because I don't want to have to take care of them. I don't want to have to keep them safe. They're too delicate, right? They're worth stuff, all that kind of stuff. I just like the hardcovers. I don't have a lot of space. So I remember as, after I got um, all five issues. Uh, and then I found out the hardcover was coming out. I was able to sell all five issues for, you know, triple of what this cost. So oh, yeah. I, I oh, sold wow. all because the first issue, I had the first printing, right, which sold out really quick. But then there's other printings, of course. I And just because of that one issue, the value went up. So I was able to sell all five for 100 bucks. This was on sale on Amazon for 20 bucks. So it was win-win. But I'll never do the single issue thing again. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not going to get yeah. that lucky again. The single, 
the single issue thing burns people because typically the comic shop will then have like, oh, we ran out of three. It's like, oh, I'm screwed. Anyway. Totally. You want us to back order it? And they're like, it's not available, but we can get it for you in five in five yeah. months. I'm like, well, that's when the trade's out. <laughs> and and this, and this and these issues are big issues. Right. And, and Sean can relate because we have to pay the damn conversion rate. So you in the States uh, will, will pay eight ninety nine an issue. I paid for the issues anywhere between twelve to fourteen ninety nine after taxes, so it adds up really fast. And not to mention, you know, they'll try to sell you on the variants, and the variants cost another five to ten to twenty dollars extra. Like one of the variants at my shop was twenty thirty dollars for the first issue, so it's pretty insane. And they had over seventy variants for this comic. It's, it's whoa. Nuts. Which you can see all at the back of the hardcover. Of you can course. see in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a nice. So, that was a nice addition, and all the different artists they ha- had for it, which was mm-hmm. really, well, it was really interesting. So I, I want to touch on the art uh, really quick because th- this book does a lot of time sequencing, which sometimes I thought it was well done. Sometimes it was like, wait, when is this? And a lot of things happened, so it was a little bit. It, when it worked, it was great. When it didn't work, I thought it was like. Okay, we just flash forward five minutes or something like that. Didn't feel like it was worth it to do that flash forward. But I love the fact that they had, I believe it was uh, Kevin Eastman doing some of the flashbacks in the original Turtles art in black and white. That was really cool. That felt so, so good because it's like, yes, it's kind of a full circle. Uh, Ben Bishop is an amazing artist and he's been working with Kevin Eastman a lot. So to see kind of Ben take the lead and then Kevin Eastman is doing anything that takes place before was just uh, icing on the cake. And I, and I think a lot of the art, like the kind of the design choices you're talking about that kind of seemed a little conflicting. I, If I recall correctly, there it wasn't always Ben Bishop on the art. There was somebody else on the first issue and then kind of was a little bit rocky. There was a lot of time in between issues. I mean like six months to set sometimes in between issues. It was crazy. Uh, so I think there was a lot of issues there, but once they found their footing, you know, like you said, near the end, once they realized, Hey, Kevin should do the flashbacks. It kind of all started to piece together a little bit better. Yeah. So with that, I mean, this is a, a story told in multiple parts. Um, one of the other thought things I thought that was a really highly effective, but I didn't think they, they, they used it sometimes they didn't use it all the time, which was essentially the turtles were always with Mike um mikey and it was almost his manifestation of them they were in the shadows and conversations of just basically he hasn't dealt with his loss of all of his brothers his family dead and he is typically not the one people have leaned on to be the lead he's a screw up all these things so he's dealing with all of these things and he you know he he tries to deal with it and that's where it's a resolution story. We get lots of new characters showing up. Um, April O'Neil uh, has lost uh, not only Casey Jones, we find out that they're engaged in one part of the story. Then tragedy happens. We think all, all of these characters are dead and she emerges and now she's got a couple of limbs gone and she is also a mother. And that took an interesting turn as well. So with that, um, what, what, were your, what were your favorite parts of this book? Um, and anybody who wants to go can go. I mean, for me, my favorite parts were just, I mean, not favorite, but seeing um, a lot of nods to kind of old uh, Ninja Turtle franchise like media, um, like little hints here and there, like little 
I, I nothing that's coming to my mind right now, but there's all these little nods and cameos. Uh, at one point, they had a little cameo of Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird like on a subway. Like they just had them actually drawn out. Uh, but just seeing how they how they took the world and just to see, it wasn't that like Mikey was just this kind of super soldier. He was like you see at the end of like the first issue, second issue, he's beat down. He is he's barely making it to this fight. You know what I mean? So, so to see them kind of not be undefeated anymore to see that this is real, that these are no longer these uh, strong characters that no one could defeat was frightening, but also felt good, you know, to kind of see that. Um, and just seeing how, how he grew, um, the, the, seeing the deaths of each turtle, which again, I didn't like seeing their deaths, but the, the emotional punch that they packed really made me, love the story more just because of how much it hit hard when you were uh, reading those parts. Sean, you know, we talk about some of those nostalgia points in the Mauser, the Mausers, as they call them. Uh, Baxter Stockman, he is like essentially half man, half machine. Um, we got no Krang, which is always my goofy favorite part. You know, um, he was he wasn't involved there. No Bebop, Rocksteady, and things like that. So I know that some of those are more of the goofy, cartoonish parts. But did you did did you feel like it was a good balance of balancing like modern and some of those nostalgia pieces? Yeah, I mean, it, I think that this is the 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 premise itself creates a challenge, right? Where like the premise itself is there's one left everyone is dead Every, something terrible or a series of terrible things has happened and so everyone is gone and how do you tell an interesting story with one person left and so slowly but surely as the as the pages kept going on you were either reintroduced to april neil or then reintroduced uh, to new characters which kind of like filled out the world a little bit more than it would like it could have been like the road it could have been like just two people just in this wasteland and it's much more interesting than that. The balance between now and the past and um, and the, the new characters that were introduced, I just felt like it created a sense that the world continued on. And that's kind of the theme of the book anyways, is just that you kind of, like life does go on and you have to find meaning um, in, in spite of just terrible, terrible things happening. Also balancing out just this unending revenge story. Like you've got to do something and on top of it all, I feel like the stakes are are serious. This doesn't mm -hmm. seem like a, a winnable battle, and in some cases, it even seems like a bit of a a suicide mission. And so, like I, I think all of that combined is really what kept me along for the ride the entire time. And anytime tragedy tragedy struck, it didn't feel cheap. It seems like that could be something really easy, like and they're dead. But it, it just felt like, to John's point, it, it did pack a punch, felt earned. And because of, at least for me, and probably most people reading this with the history of the turtles, like they, they all meant something. I'm curious for people who aren't really familiar with the turtles and that familial bond that they all share, if that still comes across. Um, I think some of the flashbacks where the other turtles are there with Mike maybe can bridge that gap a little bit. But again, that's another piece that helped to fill out this world um, where it, otherwise it just would have been him by himself with it, you know, just trying to figure out how to, how to fight the big bad at the end. But yeah, man, it, like every, I think every book as, as it should ends with a bit of a, a bit of a cliffhanger. Um, I always, I kind of wanted there to be a mistake. Like maybe they weren't dead. Maybe they are. Are you sure they're gone? Like I kind of was hoping like, I was thinking maybe one of them would show up at the end or something, mm -hmm. but it, that's too cheap. 
that's how I would write a dumb comic book. And I'm glad that they didn't do that. They kind of, they stuck with the premise and, and fulfilled it all the way through to the end. So yeah, man, I, I just think there's, there's a lot to pick out with this. Um, you know, that's how you keep a franchise going, right? You don't kill off your characters right. <laughs> or you know, the next generation of them. And uh, I, I mean, I, I think that's, that's an interesting point. I, I think, you know, I, I really enjoyed this book a lot. I do think there was, like I said, some weird time framing of things because like it was like doing a lot of flashbacks. But some of the flashbacks, like the battle scenes at the end, I kind of thought those were a little bit didn't have to be used kind of like it's like star wars where they're talking about taking down the death star and then you see them in then taking down the death star so um same thing here um so kind of iffy there i thought the villains were the weakest part of the story agreed agreed yes i mean they were hardly in it and i never felt like they were they they were given much depth or like i really felt like they were going like not going to fail so and, and especially, um, you know, the, the leader of the Foot Clan, I don't know, he felt like he was a one-note villain. And that's where yeah. I thought there could have been more there with some characters that supported him. I mean, we got a little bit of that when they went to Japan. Like his, his um, I don't know, his first-in-command or things like that. Um, but he kind of came off one note. So I wish that would have been a little bit stronger because in some of the other series, you've seen how good the, the turtle villains can be. So, um, maybe that was, they didn't want to have that focus. They they just did like, they didn't have enough time or, or, but, um, yeah, that was kind of my weak point for this series, but I thought pretty well done for six issues. Now, um, we are getting a sequel to this, which I find interesting, but to your point, I think Sean, you kind of put this, they kind of put some teasers and what's happening next so my question is whose kids are those turtles who had spawn <laughs> who laid mm. some eggs <laughs> maybe yeah. it's unrelated does it have to be either kids tur- yeah i think there's just turtles i have not dipped into the new the new comic yet it is they already released issue one and uh, issue two is expected in of, March uh, of the, what the, uh the sequel, the sequel or the, just the ongoing? Oh, the sequel prequel. Yeah, uh, it's oh. it's called Lost Years, and it takes place. Mm. Uh, it they do have like in the first issue, from what I understand, they do have a little bit of like you see everything that leads up to the Last Ronin. But from what I've heard, you also do see uh, the turtles that you saw at the end of Last Ronin, the original book. You do see those turtles growing up already. So they are kind of doing like a little bit back and forth. So it is a, it's a follow-up. It's a prequel, a little bit of a sequel. It's a little bit of everything. Um, and it's going to be a uh, four issues uh, as well. Not, not as well <laughs> by itself. So that one is already out. Uh, that one I'm probably going to wait for the trade on. Uh, but that, yeah, that's, they're continuing to build on it. Yeah. It's a new, the new turtles. Well, very cool. Um, so at this point, um, if you were going to, Rate this uh, one out of four turtles. What would you give it? <laughs> they have to be whole turtles too. You can't you yeah. can't give partial no. turtles. Well, you can you can say one turtle and three ghost turtles. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Well, maybe four ghost turtles. Oh, five. No, you can do five splinter if you want to do you know master splinter. Dude, go five. Splinter, can we just easier. say I know you, I don't know if we're wrapping up, but like splinter's end is awesome. Oh yeah. yeah. Like it is, I I stared at people, man. (laughs) He just goes down in a blaze of glory. Like just, yes. It's like 
better than Yoda learning learning that Yoda can use a lightsaber. She's like, this you, is way better. It is actually really funny that you said that because uh, I was reading that uh, Kevin Eastman's told um, Ben uh, Ben Bishop when he was talking about uh, for the final fight. He said, "Remember, if you remember when you saw Yoda kicking ass against Count Dooku? He's like, it needs to be like that." So that's, oh, this what, is, that's, well, that's so funny. Is that real? That's, oh, wow. Yeah, that, that's, really, that's, that's, a, that's an actual quote, but that was the inspiration. He's like, okay, remember that. Okay. Oh, okay. I remember Yoda. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and behead everybody. <laughs> right. But yeah, think, this is, this is yeah. great. I think that, that I think was, what some... is, sorry. I was just, cause I think what his concept was just like, Hey, remember Yoda, this little tiny person never really kicked ass, but you knew he could kick ass. Well, that's Splinter. Let's see him kick ass. It's like it's the old so guy good. who's just struggling to walk and then he just yeah. throws his cane away and then he starts yeah. doing flips. I mean, it was just like that to your point, John. Thanks for pointing that out because Splinter, you know, I mean, typically he's been the pacifist, has been like, you know, use your use your skills for um, defense only. And But he's like, I think at that point, he's just like, I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> he had yeah, too yeah. much. And he's like, no, I'm not going down. No, we got to retreat. No, no, no. I am not retreating. And they're like, okay, we're going there. No, 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 I got this. Yeah, it was pretty damn cool. The beheading. And that was another thing, too, of back in the day used to say, well, they're robots, so we can kill them. And this one, there was no, "Eh, it doesn't matter if they're robots, if they're this, you know, they're going down. Backs up Mm -hmm. against the wall is really like, and it's actually fitting that, I don't know, again, I haven't, I'm actually starting to collect the IDW collections as they're they're going on sale. I'm I'm starting to fill up my collection there. Uh, So I don't know if this happens elsewhere, but for me, the one time that he does kind of go to town isn't a do or die and in fact he does die situation like it just seemed fitting he's not just doing like like for for kicks he just he had to like this was it and the 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 ending for him is brutal um but i don't know i just felt like this was this was one of those scenes that i could read over and over again and actually was a i just feel like it was a, a better part than anything to do with the main villain anytime he was battling any like anytime mm-hmm. like he was battling his way up i'm like Okay, I felt like everything else was much more interesting, and it was just like, all right, like panel after panel of kicks, like and punches and whatever. And I kind of like glanced over it to be honest with you. I tried to appreciate the art, but this was the scene that just really had me on the edge of my seat, wondering what was going to happen. And then even like the way that it shows it, like it kind of is almost like a first person, just arrows at Splinter. And I'm like, are they saying what I think they're saying? Like this is it. This must be. This must be it. And and he's he's gone. So it was a bit, a bit um, kind of just surreal on that front. It really caught my attention. And yeah, I mean, like nobody survives this, dude. Like everybody's dead. Everybody's dead. And and like they said, to be continued at the end of this. So, uh, you know, we're getting a kind of a prequel to this, which is kind of like, you know, the, the, big, the, the middle times. Um, and then if we truly get a sequel, then is it going to be, you know, is there going to be something more there to explore uh, considering uh, both villains are dead. All the turtles are dead. Splinter's dead. So then yeah. there has to be something new. A relative of Shredder pops up. Uh, Another relative. You know, clones. Who knows? We've seen all these tropes and things. That it, it, hopefully it's good, right? But what I really appreciate this um, is what, whenever you love something, it's always good to be able to point to one thing to anybody say, you know what? You may not love turtles, but you'll you. I think you'll enjoy this. I think it's great when every franchise has that thing, yeah. and I feel like this is it for turtles mm-hmm. in regards to a book. I mean, if you have a game, you'd probably say Shredder's Revenge or oh, something like geez. that. Yeah, 
They're not going to be started on Shredder's Revenge. I have played that game way too many times. So good. So yeah. good. Yeah. So any other points before we give our review? Sorry if I cut you off too early. I didn't mean to. Um, but uh, any other points you want to go over on the book? Me and I don't know. Um, the only thing I would say is that this felt very different. And I just felt like this wasn't just another version of the turtles that I could mm-hmm. like or dislike. This just felt like totally fresh. And it wasn't, Oh, I didn't like the the design of this, or I think they look weird or I think they talk weird. Like this just felt totally separate from the turtles I knew growing up. And I think that's another reason why I was really captivated by this, where I've kind of turned my nose up at other Nickelodeon versions or the Michael Bay movie that I noticed that you failed to mention in the, in the intro, you know, all these other, versions and iterations of turtles were like they felt like that it was like oh it's slightly different than the last one this Mm. felt just completely different and i want more of this world i'm nervous with the four turtles at the end the little baby turtles i'm kind of just like that's a little that's a little much and but i i got to keep an open mind to it um but the book itself like that we we kind of commented the um the covers on the back i think are the reason why you get this and aside from the um from the single issues um, and the paper quality, I think is great. And just, the illustrations are awesome. So people should definitely, it, this is not an overpriced book at all. And anybody who has any familiarity with the turtles, I think would, would enjoy this. And then as somebody who's not really huge into comics either, like mm-hmm. I enjoyed my time with it. It's this is Scott Pilgrim, dude, like <laughs> not really that deep into this stuff yet. Yeah. No, and that, that's why I, I wanted to cover this book because it's like it's my opportunity to catch up with the turtles. I've never really read, I mean, except for back in the day, read recent turtle comics. And I want to touch on things that are kind of out of my wheelhouse that I can go, okay, who likes these things? And can kind yeah. of keep, either bring me back into it or tell me why something does matter. So, um, Thank you all for being on. So with that, we are going to now press everybody to make a review of this book. And we'll say five. A splinter and four turtles. John. Out of five, uh, can I do a half? Can I do a half? Do I have a baby turtle? Half? Uh, yeah, I'll do four turtles and one and, and, and a baby turtle, which is a half. So four and a half. And the only thing that's stopping is like we've talked about is that the villain felt lackluster. Um, he was at when they first introduced him. I thought he was going to be so much more. And as it went on, you're like, oh, no, you're you are one note. Uh, I mean, Shredder's always been pretty one note, but he's always had like these little subtleties to him that made you feel like he was more like in the original cartoon. He was, um, he was a little bit of a scientist. Like he was smart. He helped design things. Uh, you know, in the 1990 movie, he was just menacing. Right. So here is, it's kind of like, it almost feels like a spoiled brat of, of the family. You know what I mean? Like, uh, what, what do they call nepotism right when you have like the famous yeah. nepo baby and, and you, yeah exactly so he's kind of like that where he A nepo villain yeah exactly <laughs> where he had that you know my dad strider like the greatest villain he could never kill the turtles off and then you know i'll kill the turtles yada yada, yada. um and he's trying to be kind of finish what his great-grandfather or grandfather i forgot which one it was um f- stop finish what he started right so it he was the part, the least great part about it. But the most important part of it is we got the turtles, we got their story. And, and I felt like this was more about them than anything. They just needed a bad guy. Um, I, I don't think there's any other bad guy they could have done. I don't think they could have done a shredder because if they were still fighting shredder after 30 years, uh, that 
that'd be that'd be pretty weak. That, that's the one problem they have with a lot of iterations. It's where it's always Shredder. And I'm always grateful for like, for example, the new movie that's coming out. It doesn't seem that Shredder is in the main plot. So I'm hoping that's something to say for a sequel. You know, he's their main villain. So you don't want to just use him right away. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm hoping that that's something that we can kind of grow on and just start from the bottom and go up. But yes, four and a half out of five for me. So I think it's actually, it's going to be two turtles on top of each other is make half. So two baby turtles <laughs> so stacked on top. Okay, well, these are the baby <laughs> Give me the options. Give me the options. Yeah, that's all yeah, I'm doing sure. here. Yeah. Okay, Sean, how many turtles, rats, and baby turtles? Yeah, I, th- I, I think um, four numbers out of five numbers, I think, is generally <laughs> where I'm I'm landing on this. My thought on Shredder, though, is like he can survive getting uh, scrunched in, a, in the back of the a garbage, garbage truck. truck and then also wood at the end of <laughs> handle that. that entire dock which was well, like you couldn't that's what killed him though that's ridiculous but that's that. a <laughs> garbage truck though i i think truck. shout out to baxter stockman in this i felt like it was like the it could have maybe done a little bit of a flip i don't know i don't write comics uh, but i thought like he, he had a great ending his his death is oh, yeah. spectacular um and probably better and more interesting than the big bad anyways um but yeah, I, I, four out of five, this is totally, I, I recommend it. And yeah, it, I don't think that we're in disagreement here at all. Um, maybe a little more fleshed out on the actual end villain. I, I do wish Baxter taught me how to, he, he's just kind of like a, he's just a tool in the whole thing. Like yeah. send out your robots and and he really could have, he could have stepped up maybe a little bit more. Hey, there's always more books. You know, like when they saw the success of this, you know, they're going to start to milk the heck out of this now. I'm sure I he cleaned himself. Bring it yeah, down. I'm sure he cloned himself, and he's got little Baxter Stockmans and little, little jars to come back. We'll see if that happens. Um, I'm going to go three turtles and three oh. baby turtles stacked up, so three and oh, three quarters. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I really did like the book, but I just, like I said, we, villains are a weak point. Um, mm-hmm. I found some of the flashbacks needed, were and I think not needed to tell the story. I think it made it more complicated. Um, and then the one thing that I just got a little confused by was the whole Fugitoid robot guy. I don't know who he is. That's really odd. <laughs> um, kind of threw me for a loop. I'm like, because oh, that was like the only thing I kind of felt like it doesn't feel like it belongs because it's a little was, too. He was from the original comics. Um, yeah. I see. And, and that, that's when I tell people, you just need to have basic turtle knowledge. You do just need basic turtle knowledge. Fugitoid is the one piece of turtle stuff that most people won't catch. He was in a lot of, he, he was in the 2012, the CG one that came out, the, the cartoon. Um, he was in that show uh, briefly. I, other than that, I don't know if he's been, maybe he was in the, the Fox one from 2003 as well, but he's not well known, right? So that is the only part of turtle knowledge I would say is a gap for a lot of people, because if you didn't read the original comics, he's probably not something you're familiar with. Got it. Well, just just minor nits, but it's yeah. it's a very good book, and I think if you're curious about this book, the cover is is really what draws most people in when they see this. Like, oh, this is serious. So if you do like those stories that feel like Old Man Logan, uh, you know that 
basically the old withered hero redeeming himself. I think this is a great take on that premise. So very, very good. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for uh, hopping on the show, talking about some turtles. Now, once you're done, your only assignment is to now uh, go listen to your favorite turtle song. Can be a theme song, can be the Ninja Turtle rap, can be Turtle Power. Uh, there are many other songs in the Turtles wheelhouse that you can play, and just it just will brighten your day. So that's that's your only assignment. So with the entire that, movie soundtrack. Yeah, absolutely if you want and watch the video for turtle power it's so 90s it's fantastic yeah. love it uh so with that john tell people where they can find you, you can find me on twitter at john s bernardo where i probably will tweet about turtles and other comic books uh, and you can follow the podcast at comics on the pod or go to comics on the pod.com excellent sean capri uh, you can find me generally in Canada, but if you're on the internet, you can go to Twitter at Sean Capri, Sean Lake Connery, Capri like the Pants, and all the podcasts that we do do over at Carpool Gaming, at Carpool Gaming on Twitter, and probably Instagram, and I think we even have a TikTok, but definitely a YouTube. You can go there as well. Now we're Excellent. McDonald's. Well, absolutely. <laughs> McDonald's, Swiss Chalet, any of those Canadian places, <laughs> I have no clue what the hell they are. I have to ask Mark all these things, like, is that a thing, Mark? In the States? But not Canadian McDonald's, apparently. Oh, yeah. it's the same. Yeah, ours Nimbic has pizza a little these days. On, the, on the M, on the golden arches, yeah. we got a little. <laughs> you know what? I've never realized that. Oh, wow, that's what? amazing. Oh, it's only I don't think I ever realized that. So do that's you think the States have an American flag then? <laughs> There's maple syrup in every uh, every uh, beverage there too, Sean. Sorry. That would make it's sense. Not really diet. <laughs> you put that on the burger, though. That's no joke. Put that on a burger. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Syrup on the burger. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, very good. Uh, you can follow me at T Oxtra. And then for all things Secret Friends, go to at Secret Friends U, secretfriendsunite.com. Go to our Discord. Join us. We're having a good time over there talking about food, comic books, video games, and tech and all things nerdy. And then go to our Patreon. Check it out. See if you like it. Uh, see our Patreons who are up there now on our uh, Patreon part of our website at uh patreon.com slash secret friends unite so thank you all thank you for joining us in this journey of comics and as always excelsior this podcast is part of the secret friends unite podcasting network visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows articles news reviews and more secret friends unite podcasts are available on apple google spotify and other podcast services around the world if you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server, or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.